Polly had smiled and shaken her head and sent up a prayer of thanks for her elocution lessons. The elocution lessons had been the brainchild of her school teacher, Miss James. Miss James had assured Polly's mother that a girl with startlingly good looks and superior intelligence should not be condemned to go through life with a hideous Cockney accent. She had recommended a retired elocution teacher who would give lessons for a small sum. In a more middle-class environment, Polly's newly refined voice would have caused acid comment. But the cockneys of the market were proud of anyone who wanted to get on and simply called Polly the Duchess with their usual nonchalant, friendly good humor. Polly glanced in the oval mirror on the wall and shuddered. She seemed to be black from head to foot. That was the curse of black lead. No matter how careful you were, the stuff seemed to creep out of the cleaning rag and end up all over your body. She scrubbed herself down vigorously in the bathroom upstairs and then began to carefully make her preparations for her working debut. First, her hair had to be shampooed. She shaved a precious bar of Knight's Castile soap into a cup and mixed it into a paste with hot water, then added a teaspoon of alcohol to remove any excess oil from her hair. Next, she added a teaspoon of cologne to perfume it. A large jug of chamomile tea stood ready for the final rinse. Next came the manicure the cuticles to be pushed back with an orange stick with a small piece of cotton on the tip dipped in cuticle acid, and then the stick run under the tips of the nails in order to remove any stains. The nails had to be cut into an oval shape and smoothed with the emery board. And then Polly came to the final step in her manicure, the application of her precious hoard of nail polish. She carefully dipped the buffer into the powder and drew it back and forth across her nails with light, even strokes until they gleamed and shone. With the daring purchase of nail polish, she had also bought rose-tinted rice powder, so much more expensive than the ordinary kind, which had a cheap metallic base, and real bone hairpins instead of wire ones. She had toyed with the idea of buying a lipstick, but a beauty article in Queen magazine had said that this cosmetic could thicken the skin of the lips. And who on earth wanted that to happen? Now all she had to do was stitch sweat pads into her new serge business dress and brush up her best felt hat, polish her button boots, and leave her corset by the window to air. Thank goodness it wasn't raining, otherwise the newly cleaned corset would have had to be hung up on the pulley in the kitchen, and by now would be smelling of Ma's roast beef and bubble and squeak. These last chores completed, Polly sat down and gazed at herself in the mirror. Her damp hair was already springing back into its familiar golden curls. She had a broad forehead and well-spaced wide blue eyes, a straight little nose, and a perfect mouth. Beautiful, thought Polly. Not for the first time.
absolutely beautiful. She had once thought that perhaps she had been adopted, for how could the bent little Alf Marsh and the cottage loaf Mary Marsh have produced such a beauty? But Mary Marsh had only grinned and shown Polly a photograph of herself, Mary, as a young girl. She had looked exactly like Polly, and Polly had pouted for days. Gone were her secret dreams of being the cast-off daughter of an aristocrat. Her mother's voice broke into her thoughts. Come along, Paul. We has fish and chips from Bernie's, as ot as ot. But if you sits up there much longer, love, they'll be bleeding cold. The Duchess of Stone Lane gave a disdainful sniff. But the thought of Bernie's fish and chips...